Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. We're so blessed that you're joining us today. You know, we live in a world that is often very harsh, very critical, and often shaped by first impressions. And, and you'll often hear others or may even say yourself from time to time, you know, she looks like a nice person or he looks mean. I know because I've experienced that last one. And because of my military training, I learned not to show emotion. I was often accused of being mad at the world or not caring about what somebody was saying simply because I wasn't smiling or nodding or whatever to whatever it was they were saying. Sometimes my wife's friends would come over and then leave after just a few minutes because they thought I was mad at them for stopping by. I mean, then my wife was mad at me because I had made her friends feel uncomfortable. I wasn't doing anything. It was just my nature back then to not show emotions. Amen. Uh, And well, that can be taken to an extreme as well. Many presumptions are made simply based on appearances and first impressions. My guest today is a good friend of mine for Nelson Brown. I've known him for Gosh, Nelson, I guess it's four or five years now, and he's experienced these things firsthand while growing up. Nelson's been our show in the past and a few times, and, and as he was releasing his first book, The Beauty in Us, Our Reality. And if you missed any of Nelson's prior interviews, just look them up in the archives. Go to the search feature, type in Nelson Brown, and all his episodes will pop right up. Nelson's a young black man that, that loves the Lord, and he really has a lot of great things going on in his life. Amen. He's on a journey to help boys, and girls, men, and women to to discover who they are and how beautiful they truly are. In his books, he speaks on behalf of all the men and young boys located in communities around the world, really, who are afraid to speak up for themselves. He's also willing to show women and young girls how males carry their insecurities with them each and every day and how they tend to suppress those insecurities in public. Nelson Brown is a small group facilitator and award-winning author who's released three books in the series so far, The Beauty in Us. So far, and another one's coming out. The fourth one's in the process as we speak, praise God. Nelson is the host of the Beauty in Us radio show that airs every Tuesday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. on the Awesome God Radio Network. This show gives young black men a voice on subjects that matter to them. Help me welcome back to the program my good friend, Nelson Brown. Nelson, thank you for joining us again on the radio program, man. Yes, thank you for um, thank thank you for having me. I know it's been a while since I've actually uh, spoken to you. Um, you know, the pandemic has really um, made a lot of shifts. Um, a lot of transitions have happened um, throughout the course of the pandemic, but I've still been able to accomplish a lot. Um, you know, even in, in the midst of a pandemic. Um, so I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to meet so many amazing people and to come back here and to give your listeners um, kind of like an update on everything that I've been doing and what I've been up to. Um, because yeah. um, it's it's been, um, like I said, it's been a lot, but like I said, so many transitions, um, there's been a blessing in everything um, that has transpired. And I've been able to take advantage of a lot of opportunities throughout the course of the pandemic Amen. to grow and to um, do more and be more. 
Amen. Amen. Well, for those that may not have heard our prior interviews, because it's been a couple of years, other than that brief information I just shared, tell us in your own words, who is Nelson Brown? Well, I'm Nelson Brown um, is everything that you just described. Um, but um, I think that um, when people think of Nelson Brown, I think that um, one of the things that they should, well, some of the things that they should note about Nelson Brown is that he's very humble, open, and transparent. Um, he's He has a very, very reserved demeanor. Um, um, he grew up with a lot of insecurities, but recently he's been able to um, let go of those insecurities. Um, he's able to embrace himself much more than he used to in the past. Um, even within his journey as an author and with all of his pursuits, he's learned how to let a lot of his, his insecurities go. And he's learned how to give himself permission to be vulnerable in order to help other people. And he's embraced his identity and his independence much more um, within the last couple of years as he's been embarking on this journey. He, he has grown in different areas and he continues to grow. Um, you know, he's, uh, as a radio personality, he continues to air each and every show and broadcast with an open mind and an open heart. And as an author, he continues to grow. He, his writing continues to mature because he continues to learn and grow and his experiences change all the time for the better, of course. So um, it's um, so when you think of Nelson Brown, you can think of a young man who is um, much more confident about um, his independence and his identity, and he embraces that much more than he has done in recent years. So that's something that Amen. Um, everybody can know. Amen. Amen. Now, the last time we talked, you were in community college, and I think I've seen where you graduate. Tell us what you're doing now. Tell us about graduating and what you're doing now. Yes. So I graduated from CCBC. So I have my associate's degree, my associate's arts degree, and um, I'm finishing up my studies at the University of Maryland in Baltimore Praise County. Um, so Amen. I have um, one more semester to go before I'm finished um, with my bachelor's Amen. degree. Um, it's been a long journey, but I've still been able to accomplish a lot um, in my academic career, as well as in my professional career. Um, like I said, um, my time at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, it um, unfortunately, I haven't had as much experience um, mm -hmm. with the campus life as a lot of my other um, peers, because everything's been centered around this pandemic. Um, so, but I've still had the opportunity to meet people virtually and to establish relationships in that regard. But um, I'll be graduating with my bachelor's of arts in sociology. Um, my focus is in the public health sector, public health um, curriculum. So my certificate is going to be in the social dimensions of health. So my focus is in public health. That's the field that I study. That's the field that I work in on a day-to-day -day basis. And that is what I've invested my time and energy into in and, and as it pertains to learning about it. So I'll have that in addition to that certificate and that bachelor's of arts degree in addition to my associate's of arts degree. Um, and it's opened so many doors for me in my academic career. And like I said, I've um, I, I really love my professors. Um, I've, I've established great relationships with my professors, um, even in the midst of the pandemic, as we've gone into this virtual world. Yeah. I've been able to learn a lot and to grow as a person. Um, and I know that in the future, all of the lessons that I learn now are going to be beneficial for oh, me yeah. in the long run. So that's what I am grateful Absolutely. for. Yeah, um, of course, you know, I, I always have my moments where I feel discouraged and um, I have my moments where um, I can sometimes feel defeated, but 
um, I learned how to, like I said, embrace things much more mm-hmm. and to pick myself yeah. back up and move forward. In our, our last interview, just to catch people up on what we're talking about, you discussed male body dysmorphia. What is that and how does it relate to your books and to what you've been doing? Well, um, male body dysmorphia is, uh, it, it basically pertains to all of the insecurities that men have about their physical appearance. And, but it could also talk, we could also talk about um, our self-concepts. Um, so when men think about themselves, how they view you, how they view themselves. So when they think about um, their physical appearance, it's not just about their physical appearance, but in all actuality, when we think about male body dysmorphia, we have to think about how comfortable we are in our own skin. So you have to think about how how comfortable or uncomfortable you may feel within your own skin. And it doesn't, it's not always about looks. Um, it could be about, you know, the flaws that are pointed out to you about you. It could pertain to um, how you um, go about your life, um, your mannerisms, the way you carry yourself, um, what you value, what you don't value. So all of these things factor into how you see yourself. So your self-esteem, your self-image, your self-concept, all of those um, go hand in hand. So when I started this book series back in 2018, I introduced myself to readers into the world and into my community. I gave them my story in the first volume. In the second volume, in The Beauty in Us, Vulnerable Masculinity, um, I, I wrote a book of poetry Um, And I wanted to talk about many of the insecurities that men have during different phases of their lives, Um, because I've spoken to a lot of gentlemen and I've spoken to um, a lot of my peers in my age bracket. And, um, you know, I'm 22 years old. Um, I turned 23 in May this year. But um, a lot of young men and a lot of boys um, feel conflicted about where they are or where they should be in different stages of their lives. Um, Mm -hmm. They, a lot of young men in my peer group, um, they're still trying to find themselves and they're still trying to establish themselves. So when I wrote book number two, um, back in 2022, in February, I wrote that in February of 2020. Well, I wrote that and I I self-published that in February of 2020, right before the pandemic started. Um, So I was, I was a 2021 at the time. And I thought about um, all of my peers and young men and boys, the young men in my age bracket and boys who are, who, who were coming after me. And I thought about how I could reach them. And I think that the Vulnerable Masculinity Edition, Volume 2, my book of poetry spoke to them in that regard. And Amen. in the pandemic, um, I also released, I wrote and released The Beauty in Us, Our Souls and Armor. So that was the third volume, the third edition of my book series. I released that on my dad's birthday on May 2nd of last year. And um, even, I think that um, one of the biggest blows that I think I suffered from throughout the pandemic is my father's passing last year. Um, So my dad passed away um, on January 23rd last year. So it's about to come up on a year. Um, Well, today, today's the 17th. So on the 23rd, it'll be a year. Um, And I think that after my dad passed away, I started to think about my life differently. I started to think about what my life was going to look like moving forward because um, I, um, I have to think about how I'm going to live my life and establish a future without both parents here to, you know, see this and witness everything because, you know, even though, you know, he, um, he was kind of, um, inconsistent in terms of 
his presence in my life throughout my life. I think that, um, it, again, it still hurts it, and it still doesn't. It always will. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm never going to get over. Um, but I've, I've joined communities and I've joined groups where young people who've lost parents um, and who are, are on the same path that I am in terms of what they want to accomplish and where they are. And it's given me a safe haven and a space to um, just be vulnerable and let my true feelings out um, in the open. Um, because again, you know, I started to think about everything differently once his passing came about. And I started to think about um, how I would have been able to reach more people and make more of a difference. Um, it, it had a huge impact on my mom as well. So um, I, I, the book of prayers, I wrote a book of prayers in the third volume. So in our, our souls, in our armor edition, I established a book of prayers. So I wrote the book of prayers. I started to think about everything that people were going through throughout the course of the pandemic, uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And I decided to release um, the third volume on my, my dad's birthday to celebrate his life instead of um, dwell on his death. Um, so it's um, it's been a challenge, but in my therapy sessions and with my groups, I discussed this openly. And I I have a community of people that I have trusted and that I've built relationships with that understand me and what my mission, what my goal is. Um, and even with my show, I've shared a lot of these same issues and a lot of these same struggles, personal struggles on my show as well with my guests and even alone. I remember back, uh, I think it was when you released your second book, we were supposed to do a book signing together at the community college or something like that. And it got canceled because of the pandemic. Have you been able to do any book signings uh, for any of your books? Um, I've, um, I've done speaking engagements virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I've been able to do throughout the course of the pandemic as the safest and most effective way to reach people. So I have done virtual engagements. Okay. Um, I actually have another one this evening at 6 PM with an organization that, um, I joined um, called the Young Men Strong. Um, we meet virtually every Friday, but um, this is a recruitment meeting because um, the founder, she has created the calendar for the year 2022. So that's what we're going to go over um, during, the, you know, during the six o'clock hour this evening. Yeah. Um, so Amen. that's what I'm looking forward to this evening. So that's another engagement. So I've just been doing speaking engagements virtually. I haven't had any in-person book signings, but I have done speaking engagements with other authors and with um, other people within that, that industry. So I've still been productive now, in that regard. And now you have a radio show. So congratulations on the radio program. How do you like being a radio host and how long have um, you been doing it now? Yes. Well, um, I started my show, the Beauty and Us Radio with Awesome Guy Radio in September of 2020. So in the middle of the pandemic, okay. I started my radio show. Um, and it's been a great experience. Um, during my first few shows, um, I was a little nervous about how I was going to begin with my yep. platform. I didn't really know where to That's start. Yep. Um, I didn't really know where to begin. Um, and I didn't know who I wanted to have on my show first. I didn't know who my guests were going to be. I had jotted everything down on my notes and I had orchestrated this plan for a while. So it took me a few shows to get accustomed to being behind the camera and understanding um, how shows operate and how important it is to, um, you know, 
create great content. And I have been able to do that. And it's something that I've enjoyed. It's definitely, um, it melts away a lot of the tension, the built up tension that I sometimes get during the week. Um, It's kind of like a stress reliever being on uh, my radio show and speaking to my guests. That's something that I enjoy doing. And I don't feel like it's a chore. It's something that I, you know, enjoy doing. It's, 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 even though it's um, turned into um, a weekly um, activity. It's I, I developed it as a hobby because it's something that I like to do in my spare time and it's something that I'm interested in. And like I said, I don't look at it as being a chore. Right. I can step away from the world and actually do what I love and speak to people and learn and grow um, throughout the process. Amen. And, and your radio program is based off your book series. So tell us the format and what the discussions are like. Well, my radio show airs every Tuesday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. During the first half of the show, um, I usually speak about whatever the topic for the night is. So um, any topic that I have for the evening, um, I speak about during the first half of the show. And for the second half of the show, that's when my guests kind of chime in and they talk about themselves and the work they do and the work that they do and what they're about. That ties into the, the discussion that I have the first half of the show. So during the first half of the show, you could see me or listen to me, you know, read some statistics from some facts that I pulled from different sources um, about whatever the topic may be. Um, I may talk about books that I've read or articles that I've read that pertain to that topic. And um, like I said, during the second half of the broadcast, you'll see me speaking to my guests more in detail about the work that they do and how impactful it is um, on their community. Um, Sometimes I do have shows where I speak for the entire hour about, um, I, I, I have, I facilitate sessions where um, I talk about lessons or stories from the Bible. Um, so, and I kind of create like a, I, I guess you can call it a Bible study um, for the entire hour. So sometimes I'll do that for an hour or sometimes I'll speak to my guests you know, for the second half of the show, after I talk about my subject for the um, first half about whatever it is they have to share. So I've had other authors, entrepreneurs, I've had people in ministry. um, I've had um, life coaches, relationship coaches, lifestyle experts, and people who work in the field of health and wellness on my show. I've, I've had some students, some of my peers, some young people join in and talk about the work that they do in the field that they're pursuing. So I try to make it appeal to as many people as possible um, yeah. because um, I know that everybody has a story to tell and I try to keep an open mind and heart to as many people as possible. If they have something that is uplifting to share, if they have an inspirational story or if they have work that um, is making an impact, mm-hmm. um, regardless of what it may be or what field it may identify with, I try my best to showcase that on my show because I want everybody to understand that um, in terms of what I do, everyone um, has a gift and everyone has a knack for doing something special. Um, there's mm-hmm. something that everyone has been called to do, but um, absolutely, yeah. I, I, right. I do my show because um, I try to help people figure out what that is, you know, um, with the beauty and what they do and with, within who, and the beauty and what, who they are and what they do. I tried to showcase that as much as I can because I know that a lot of people struggle with that um, because a lot of people um, 
is, is, is very difficult for people to identify who they are or where they are in different aspects of their lives, especially a lot of people in my age bracket. Um, it, it's, it's definitely um, a challenge and that's what I try to do on my show. And I've been able to garner a, a good audience um, so Praise far. So it's Amen. predominantly filled with women, a lot of young adults. Um, I have a lot of entrepreneurs and public servants who do follow my work. And um, I know a lot of them personally, but some of them I don't know, but right. um, I, I know that definitely you talk, see you, you're working in or getting a degree in the healthcare industry type thing. Tell us mm-hmm. what those discussions have centered around for your audience. Well, um, actually, um, I have um, I have had discussions with a few people who work in the healthcare industry on my show. One gentleman was a student. Um, he was pursuing his master's at the time. He's graduated since then, but um, he was pursuing his master's at the time. He was working as a pharmacy technician, um, but he was um, studying to become a doctor. So he's in, in his doctorate program right now, and he's also doing his residency, and he's going through that process. And when we had when we had, when we had a discussion about the healthcare industry, we had different conversations about um, different aspects of the healthcare industry and how um, important it is for people to understand what their options are and um, how how they how they can search for the most effective resources. Um, so um, we we talked about. Um, the healthcare industry, and we talked about solutions from a holistic approach in terms of how we can make sure that we are doing our part as public servants to serve the community in the best way possible. So he talked about his personal experience dealing with, you know, people with, you know, with other pharmacy technicians and people who work in the industry, um, working with a lot of um, patients one-on-one, because like I said, he's studying to become a physician. So He's in those, he's in the doctor's Amen. offices day yeah. after day. He's, he's been behind the counter, you know, you know, as a pharmacy technician and he understands um, how, um, how difficult it is for people who don't have resources, who don't have an adequate amount of resources yeah. in order to um, um, get what they need in order to um, live their lives and to be as healthy and happy as possible. So mm-hmm. I've had yeah. some conversations with some of some people in the healthcare industry about that. Um, And um, people have really enjoyed the engaging conversations. Um, And, and like I said, and it's, and it's a, it's a broad audience. So it's not just filled with people who identify with one community or, or, or another, you know, it's very inclusive and diverse. And that's what I like about it. Do you, do you talk to anyone about education? You know, I know Baltimore city has been under a, a huge microscope these last several years about a failing public schooling system. What kind of discussions have you had with others that are addressing those issues? Yes, um, I've had conversations with some um, political figures on my show. Um, so some of the local, locally elected leaders, the local leaders that have been elected, I've had conversations with some of the elected officials about education. I've had conversations with them about the criminal justice system. I've had conversations with them about um, how to empower the youth um, in their communities. Um, so I, I've, I've had discussions with several um, um, elected officials locally. Amen. I've had several of them on my show and we've had conversations about education and about crime and justice. We've also had conversations, like I said, about how to empower the youth 
we've had conversations about um, how um, they've been able, how we've been able to keep everyone engaged um, and informed throughout the course of the pandemic. So I've, I've spoken to some local leaders on both sides um, of the aisle about um, the things that they're doing in order to, you know, ch change this false narrative about the city of Baltimore. Um, because, you know, it, it, it breaks my heart when I listen to that and when I read that, because I know that there are so many kids that are suffering and it seems like yeah. it's just, I feel like, you know, when we talk about this and when we read about this, I feel like it's, I feel like a hamster on a wheel. It just, yeah. It's just going around and around and around. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, it's this perpetual cycle of just failure after failure after failure that they continue to sensationalize over and over and over again. But mm -hmm. I've met a lot of great people, a lot of great leaders, community leaders and community activists who are out there and who are actually doing the work behind the scenes that they don't get to showcase, you know, on yeah. TV. So I know I know the truth in terms of like who's actually being effective, um, because you know, and I'm and I'm not on anybody's side. So you know, I I'm I'm on nobody's side at all. I try to do what's best for the people. I don't care about what's going to be popular or what's going to be favorable to one person or one group of people versus another. Mm -hmm. But I just, like I said, I've had conversations with people on both sides. So like I said, I'm not biased towards anybody. Mm -hmm. I give everybody a chance to talk yeah. about the work that they do. As long as it's making a difference and yeah. as long as yeah. we're seeing progress, that's all that matters to me. You know, I could I know care you. less about what's, what's, what's politically popular or what's going to, um, you know, look good for certain people, certain groups of right. people or another. Amen. Hey, everyone. Pastor Bob here. We're all out of time for this portion of this great interview with Nelson Brown. Now, I've known Nelson for several years now, and he's been on a radio program before, on a podcast before, and he even has his own radio program now. Praise God. I mean, he has been working ever since I've known him on helping young men and women understand just how beautiful they are within themselves. It doesn't have to do with physical appearance, but within you, your own natural beauty. And I just encourage you, go down the show notes, get in touch with Nelson, order his books. These are great books. I've read them and folks, they're great. And the good news is this is just part one of a great two-part interview that we have with Nelson right now. So be sure you come back for the next episode. Till then, this is Bob Timber reminding you again, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.